Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wellness Coaching Conversation with like Lori Legault and Brian Douglas. So we have newly, which you may not really see on the podcast cover, but we have newly kind of changed that name over because this is actually a conversation. It's not really a corner, as I had said before, as the coaching corner. It is a conversation about coaching, an ongoing one that we hope to always keep having. So kind of a fun change. Change is good, right? Change is good. Change is inevitable. I agree. And I mean, we had to do something with that enormous marketing budget that we have. So, you know, (laughs) focus groups, you know, all kinds of research led us to the wellness coaching conversation. And I think that we will range far afield from now to there. (laughs) Right. Oh man. Well, we have an interesting uh, conversation to have today. So we decided that we wanted to kind of tell how we decided to get into coaching and what that looked like for each of us. So Brian, I'm going to let you start off by saying what your story is with that. Well, the first thing for me was was I wanted to be able to get a podcast and and this is just how it happened because where okay. else where else can I wear like, you know, a preppy sweater vampire look and get away with it, right? So I mean, I think <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, no, coaching, man, coaching is interesting because for me it um in if I look at it from one perspective, it was a very natural career progression. But it also was kind of a radical departure. You know, my my first uh, several decades in the working world, I was involved um, in sales or sales leadership quite a bit, you know, managed teams and and groups of teams, uh, also took a little detour and and uh, was a director for a, a nonprofit for a while and, and built an entire team. So that was kind of the the I guess the overarching theme was leading groups of people. And part of that certainly is, you know, helping people get better and challenging them to grow. Uh, Also, of course, if I'm being honest, learning how to be a better leader, which they're really, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but a lot of it is conflicting. And so I had gotten kind of the end of the end of the road, I thought, in in that career field and sales and corporate and all that. And I decided I wanted to to make a pivot. So I was looking at uh, becoming a mental health counselor, because that's one thing, you know, looking at the the skills that I possess, the things that I enjoy helping people, talking to people, um, you know, really kind of fostering growth. Uh, that felt like a, a natural place to go. So I started graduate school. But at the same time, um, I got a coaching job. And that kind of opened the door, you know, and 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 the pandemic, um, I know, I think we both have a pandemic topic. The pandemic changed it for me because because of an illness that I had, I had to back out of graduate school and really just focus on the coaching. Um, and now, several years later, you know, here we are, I'm, I'm working for myself, I'm offering career coaching and transition coaching and all of that. And, and it definitely wouldn't have happened if I finally just got toasted and burnt on, on corporate America and decided to make a change. So it's really interesting how I ended up here. I, I again, yeah, it definitely it, is. Yeah. It makes sense, but it's also really convoluted. Well, interesting that you decided to utilize coaching skills as a way to increase your leadership skills. And I really like that because I think, man, lots of leaders could 
take, um, could take that advice that coaching actually empowers others and therefore creates better leadership for you to be able to be a better listener, be more reflective on what your, you know, employees or team Mm -hmm. is actually saying and hear them better. And then it allows for a lot more collaboration on a team. So what a cool way of adding skills that maybe could maybe never evolve into actually being a coach per se, but using coaching as part of your skill base for anything. No, I, I I appreciate you saying that because it really was eye opening for me, you know, coming from the sports world and then the corporate world, a lot of especially old school coaches are very command and control, very authoritarian, very top down. My way is the highway, which is kind of the antithesis of what professional coaching is. So it was it was eye opening and and you know, it, it challenged me in a really positive way. And it made me a much better and more self-aware leader and developer of talent um, than before. And and I think back to some of the experiences that I and other people suffered under some of those tyrannical, you know, self, self-proclaimed coaches. And I think y'all, you didn't have a clue, but you know, that <laughs> we didn't either, you know? So I, I really feel like coaching, even though I think we're in our infancy as a career, there is so much that this career field can offer both within and beyond it as a career field. That That's what I think is really exciting is it, does, it doesn't have to just be limited to coaching. It can inform a variety of other walks of life. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's great. So I, I really want to hear how you ended up here because I don't think I know this story. Oh, yeah. Well, just one more thing I want to say about what you said is that um, I feel like one of the potential downfalls of the word coaching is that coaching could bring up different feelings for people. And sure. I feel like it's not all encompassing of what we do. And so I feel like we kind of need a name change sometimes, you know, mm. for a while I wanted to call myself a behavior change specialist, but then that sounded like I was like, have my doctorate in behavior change or something, and I don't have, yeah. but And then again, we're not always trying to change behavior because we're also, you know, taking a lot of time to reflect on strengths and what has already worked for us in the past and using those to propel us forward. So it's not always about changing, but uh, I just feel like for some people, they might hear the word coach and wince, you know, and go, oh, I had that one coach in high school. He was awful or she was awful (laughs) and I don't want another coach, you know, so And, and also a lot of coaching is telling people what to do. If you are a financial coach or a, I don't know, lately I've been looking into a college coach for mm. my, for my kids and I want them to tell me what to do. <laughs> That's why I'm coming to them. <laughs> um, and yeah. so I feel like coaching is just a, a strange word that, you know, who knows if it's exactly right, but nonetheless, it does, um, this field, as you said, is certainly in its infancy and has a lot of growth and potential. So, um, so as far as my story goes, I was in the health and wellness field for 20 years or so in all different facets in the corporate health, in hospital based health and wellness, in community based recreation and senior wellness, lots of different wellness programs. And, um, 
taught lots of fitness classes throughout my life, starting with the big step aerobics time. <laughs> that was my thing in the beginning. Jazzercise, right? <laughs> yeah. I never actually did jazzercise. Uh, I think jazzercise was just a little before step aerobics, but it still was going on at the same time, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, taught all kinds of things. And so that was sort of where I was in that space for a really long time. And then just before the pandemic, I was really wanting to figure out what I could do that would be different. And I, I took some time to reflect on what I'm good at, because at that point in my life, that was just a couple of years ago, I was in my mid forties and I'm like, okay, I definitely have, um, you know, a foundation of like what I seem to be good at. So I knew that I was good at relating to people. I know that I was good at being curious and understanding of people's circumstances that are unique and not saying like, you should do this and you should do that. And I've never done that in my career with fitness. I never said like, you just need to do this and then your life's going to be great. It was no, let's see what you enjoy and see how you can make it part of your life that's realistic and all those kinds of things. I had heard of wellness coaching and what I thought it was, was multi-level marketing. And so I steered away from it. I was like, no, I do not want to do that because I am yeah. super not good at convincing people they should do things or buy things or buy into things. And so I just kept steering away from it. I was like, I don't know what that thing is, you know, because I was seeing a lot of friends that were doing like and this is not to say these are bad things, but like Beachbody or, you know, different programs that you had to buy into. And that just wasn't my thing. And so a friend of mine from high school posted on Facebook that she just passed the National Board of Health and Wellness coaching exam. And I was like, what is that? So I looked into it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's interesting. That looks like something that I should know about. Like I'm in mm -hmm. wellness, you know, then I got a little derailed again because I live in an area of the country that is very healthy and well. I mean, we have, I mean, every day where I live, people are out running and bike riding and skiing and snowshoeing and fat biking and you name it. I mean, any given day on the road near me, it looks like there's a bike race going on. And so- mm. I'm like, who needs me to tell them how to be healthier? Everybody around here is healthy already, you know, for the most part. That's so very different than where I live. But <laughs> it's good to know that that there are different places with different uh, different work ethics and different wellness models out there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I know after living in my community now for 17 years, as I'm approaching a runner, I know who it is by the gate of their run <laughs> because I see them running all the time. Yeah. Or I see, you know, from a distance, someone biking and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so. I mean, people come from farther away. They don't know them, but it's just amazing how many people are healthy and well where I live. So when the pandemic happened, it opened up a whole thing of, oh, I could potentially work with people anywhere in the world. So it's, I'm not limited to just working with people right in my community and where mm -hmm. I live. That is what made me think more about wellness coaching. And once I understood it a little bit better and, um, decided I wanted to, you know, scope it out that I wasn't 
just going to have to work with people, you know, in my, even my county necessarily, it could be anywhere. So that's how I got into it. And the very first class that I took of wellness coaching, I was sold. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect for me as far it just felt right in my, in my whole being. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And how have I not been doing it already? I was kind of mad at myself. Like, why didn't you Mm. look into this before? But you know, you can't have regrets like that because I just didn't understand it before. I didn't know. So very happy that I do this as my profession. I feel like this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. So, Mm. yeah, you know, sounds like there's, there's just massive alignment for you between the work and, and what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole thing about in coaching, how you focus people around their sense of meaning and purpose in life. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, the coaching (laughs) is my own sense of meaning and purpose in life so much. And so I feel like it's very well aligned with my value system. Mm. So, and then there's a bit of a story that's not important about how the education piece came into play because it was sort of tricky for me to figure out how you learn to be a coach. And again, that thought of what am I signing up for Mm. and what am I paying for was confusing to me at first, but figured it out. So all good to go now. That's awesome. I love, I love to hear that Lori. And, and it's, um, it's interesting how, when you think about it from a coach's perspective, how early on you, you made assumptions about a field that were incorrect and you did the one thing that, it, that, you know, a coach would encourage you not to do. And that was, you didn't ask questions, you know, you didn't, you didn't seek to understand, but once, <laughs> yeah. once you did, holy moly, you know, the scales fell off your eyes and you went, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is what I've been looking for. And it's not multi-level. And that's a good thing. Cause you'd have your checkbook at, in the air. You'd be like, sign me up, sign me up, you know, cause <laughs> it, it's really that good. And I think that, um, you know, I can, I can relate because I, I also didn't have a real good, grasp on what professional coaching was. I kind of thought it wasn't really a thing. You know, I'd seen enough pseudo coaches out there online or or whatever that I kind of thought, that eh, just sounds like a BS thing that somebody made up to mm-hmm. to make a buck. And and to be honest, there are those folks out there. Um but once I actually got into like the NBHWC program, I went, oh, oh, there's a there's a lot to this. And that's just one facet of coaching. That's what's really exciting is it that's just health and wellness coaching. That's not like you were talking about, whether it's college coaching or or whether, you know, it's um career coaching or or any of the other types of coaching that are out there. I I, I met a lady who's a grief coach and she works with people that are going through really profound loss. Wow. And that's it's so powerful. Holy so cow. So meaningful for her. And so I think, you know, um, the the sky is the limit for those who are willing to put in the work and also i think who possess the integrity to serve others you know to realize there are people that are going to be in a really vulnerable place and that's you know that's that's the big risk 
for for us when we when we go to a coach or a counselor or anyone who's who's a professional provider is that vulnerability we have to to present in order to grow. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's why I really love that there there are certifications and and there's great legitimate training for all aspects of coaching now um because I think that that helps. It really does. Oh my gosh, that again it was important to me to be involved in something that felt for lack of a better word, important. Mm. I wanted to do something important and that was also very legitimate. And so thank goodness for the NBHWC, which took me a really long time to memorize, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, especially when you have the NBCHWC right. credential, <laughs> yeah. but it's only, yeah, I know that, that yeah. that's a whole other but story. I'm so glad that, you know, some of those early, uh, early folks like Michael Arlosky yeah. and I don't want to name out, I don't want to leave out people's names. So I just know that because I did training with him, he was one of the founders of, mm. you know, this field basically. Yeah, I mean, he was movement. just one of the yeah very beginning. Funny side note is I actually crossed paths with him about 20 years prior. Um, he was on the board and maybe even the president of the, National Wellness Association that held conferences in Wisconsin that I went to. Wow. So he was there and I was there, but I did not know him or remember really seeing him. Mm. I'm sure he did keynote speak speaking and I wish I could remember, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, but um we did we did cross paths way back way back then. But also there is the other certification that's a huge credential that I don't want to leave out as well. Um, do you know the other national coaching? Um, it's like the ICF. ICF. Yeah. The that, International that's... Coaching Federation. And yeah, so I don't I don't want to leave them out either no. because that's a big one. That's yeah. just not one that I did. And I think that it requires quite a bit more hours. Mm. And so, you know, it, it definitely is a equally important credential. So both of those, I'm very happy that they exist because it makes what we do very legitimate, very mm -hmm. important. They are creating, you know, codes for physicians and medical, the medical world to use for coaching. So hopefully we will be covered by insurance, which I think is really great and important. And also, there's a lot of very, very good and important um, continuing education for mm. for coaches that are created by many different places, but the the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching has those too. So, yeah. pretty amazing stuff. It is, and I'm glad you brought that up because we we are not. This is not a commercial for the for the National no. Board at all. We just <laughs> we we met in a in a continuing education program, which is how we ended up doing this podcast together. Um, that being said, there are a variety of excellent coaching training programs out there, and um, they're all y- y'all welcome. You know, I think that there's there's room because everybody's got a different niche niche you know everybody has it everybody has a different corner okay (laughs) (laughs) and so and so you know nbhwc happens to be in that that you know health and wellness area um 
and it, it's pretty specific, right? And and there are there are others that are much more focused on life coaching or transition coaching, career coaching, grief coaching, any number of those things. And then again, I think there's there's room for all, and it's just it's going to continue growing as a profession. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, I, you know. I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say early in my podcast, I interviewed a lot of different coaches. I mean, there's a coach for, you know eight different ailments. There's coaching for everything. That's what's so cool about it is that you can either work with a coach or be a coach who is sort of more broad with what you work with people on, or you could be working with someone very specific and there'll be lots and lots of clients for you, you know? So could be a diabetes coach. You can be a smoking cessation. Co- I mean, my goodness, everything exists. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome, but it is interesting to hear why certain people get into this field. Mm-hmm. And I will say that many of us have similar personality types, you know, when you I could be onto something there, Lori, <laughs> <laughs> when I, uh, go to any continuing education, I always come out of my classes with one or two friends from each group. I think I could be friends with more people, but you know, we only have room for so many extra people to pop into our life and stay Mm -hmm. there. And so, but man, I just have met such awesome and amazing people. And even on the NBHWC quarterly connects, they have monthly continuing education that you can join phenomenal presenters that they Mm -hmm. have had. Uh, There was one very powerful LGBTQ coach that I thought was just amazing. And I don't know his name off the top of my head, but literally there's just somebody Mm -hmm. for everybody that's popping up. And what's cool about that too, on top of how cool it just is in general, is that, um, you know, sometimes people need to go to counseling for trauma Mm -hmm. from those topics, but then sometimes they could maybe not have experienced trauma, but just want coaching around that particular topic to progress and move forward. And that's where I feel like it's so nice to have both, to have the options. Yeah. Great point. Because there, there are so many subclinical reasons for folks to, to need some support, need some guidance, need some, some coaching. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful and fascinating world to be in. And I'm, I'm curious though, as, as you, as you sit here now, um, looking back on this, this part of your life journey and to, you know, you becoming a coach. Do you think that, that had you come across it earlier in your career, that it would have had the same impact on you? Or do you think that you kind of needed that time to grow and develop, to really be ready for it? I think that, as much as you wish that some things in life happened sooner or earlier or um, just a different time in your life, Mm -hmm. it's like that movie sliding doors where this this, is a sliding door moment that things happen and it's just the, when it's supposed to happen, you know, I don't know that it would have been the right time before because I also explored other careers and looked at going back to school for some things that I wish I did, things like that. And um, the timing was right. Mm. You know, I have to say there were, the pandemic was a very crazy, weird 
sometimes scary time, but because of the pandemic and because life slowed down so much, there was time to learn about this weird thing I never heard of called Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) And never in my life would I have thought that I would do online school Mm. or certification programs. I'm a very social person that enjoys being out in the world. I don't know that I would have ever even entertained that idea of a certification online and popping into this weird Brady Bunch you know, platform. I was like, what is this? And then I was like, this is cool. (laughs) Not only was I doing my online certification program on zoom, I was doing my girls happy hours on zoom. (laughs) I mean, everything was happening on zoom. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. I I agree. I mean, I, I had no, no concept before before I, I switched over to my first coaching job, which was shortly before the pandemic. It was September of 2019, so just a few months. So I was just getting into the Zoom world and I was in graduate school. And so, you know, everything, it, it w- I was transitioning, but then the pandemic just was a hard transition where everything went online. Grad school went online 100%. You know, like you said, all the social stuff went online and uh, things slowed down. You know, so I, I I view that time as as a gift because the the self awareness that I gained during that that transformation is is pretty profound, and I'm still kind of making sense of it. But mm-hmm. um, it it's definitely made me a better a better coach, and I think a better person because of it. Yeah. Well, one thing I love about this um, talking about our stories is I love. I, I want to hear about other people's stories. So I would love for us to begin to take some other uh, input from coaches about what, how they got into coaching as well. So pretty soon here, I think we'll have to start uh, allowing a platform for some other people to um, either call in or something and give their, their stories somehow. So we'll work on that. I love but, that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's important to know how people kind of get in to things. And it almost reminds me of like, I love hearing about how, pe- how couples met. That's such a mm. fun way. I mean, before online dating or not, I guess, app dating, people had to actually meet somehow. Right. And, yeah. and I love hearing about like how people met their, their partners and so it kind of feels like the same thing in a different way, how people decided to get into coaching because almost nobody starts off being a coach like straight away from high school or college. So it's usually a very sideways story. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, that, I've met a few, you know, and I think that they're they're just they're coming into the workforce now over the last few years. But you're right. I think the majority of coaches out there had a, a prior career. Mm-hmm. And and hearing their journey is so fascinating. So I'm with you. We'll figure out a way to get these folks into the conversation because it's way more fun when more people are involved, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is. Yep. Well, this was fun, Brian. Good to hear each other's stories. I don't think either of us really ever talked about that before. So cool. We learned yeah. something new. Love it. I know. <laughs> All right. And, and, and I got to tell you, Lori, I, I'm just putting this out there. This have may have to become longer than a 30 minute podcast. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, 
um, I think that certain topics will bear longer time frames than others, and we can be flexible. I like that. I, t- I and I think our audience would appreciate that too, because you know, if you're on a good topic, it it, it always feels kind of like ah, when that door has to slam. So yeah, I, I like that flexibility. Yeah, spoken like a true coach. If nothing else in life, you have to be flexible. I mean, my goodness, you just can't be. There's a few things you can't be flexible with, but most things you can, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on to the the, the weekend and uh, we'll be back in a week. We will. We will. Great talking to you, Lori. And everybody have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you soon. Yep. (laughs) 